It's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about foundation revival. Amen. We're, we're in the middle of it. God's trying to shake us up, trying to get some more folks involved, get some more folks on board. Amen. Psalms chapter 85 and verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? And then 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Somebody tell your neighbor, he's listening. For now I've chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Praise God. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Ask God to prepare the soil for the seed of his word. Ha, In the name of Jesus Christ. God, open every spirit, every heart to receive your word today. In Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. The Lord began to deal with me about something last evening. And uh, I want to share with you what I, where I feel like we are as an assembly in the church in time. We're in a place where God is creating an opportunity for us to catch something big. Now, we got a few California folks in here. There's not really a lot of surfing places in Indiana. But the Lord began to show me something. He began to show me something about surfing. And surfing is the sport of Riding, breaking waves toward the shore. How many's headed for the shore? Come on, somebody. I said, how many are you ready? Now, there are a lot of things that need to happen for the surfing to be good. Gravity and wind and all kinds of meteorological stuff that goes into making of a wave and uh, I'm not going to preach about that this morning, but, but a wave in its most simple definition is a moving ridge or swell on the surface of the ocean. It is a pulse of potential energy traveling vast distances across the water. And uh, what happens is that there are some folks that are waiting on the big wave. See, surfing is uh, 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 
it's, it's done. I, I, I want to tell you, I'm not a surfer, but I did try it once. And notice I said once. Because it's not as easy as they make it look. Surfing requires a surfboard. Because it requires a method of travel. And uh, uh, riding the waves or surfing can be traced back to the year 400. In 1771, Captain James Cook reported seeing longboard surfers in Tahiti and in other parts of the world. And in 1920, the first surfing club was formed in the Hawaiian Islands. And while I'm definitely not a surfer, in fact, the closest that I've come to surfing has been to watch surfers as I walked along the beach. But they say that the best conditions, hear me now, I'm going somewhere, the best conditions occur when large and smooth ocean swells in the deep water peak up into steep sets of waves or breakers. Under ideal conditions, surfers can ride the wave for a half mile or more. Now this is where we are as a church. I'm going to get to something spiritual here. You see, the surfer first swims with his board out beyond the crest of the breaking waves. He gets to the point where the larger rolls peak up. And as the wave approaches him, he paddles four or five times toward the shore to attain a sufficient speed to coast down the face of the wave. And once the surfer has caught the wave, he can rise to his feet in a standing position and ride the wave until it dies out near the breach. Not every wave, though, is the right wave. I've come to tell FPC we're on the right wave. You, you, the Lord has given us a man of God that possesses a certain skill in determining which wave is the right wave that will take you the farthest and give you the best ride. I rise on this Sunday morning to tell you we're fixing to be on the ride of our life. It's going to be the best ride that this church has ever taken individually and Come on, God is about to set us on our feet and we're going to be pointed towards the greatest move of God that this church has ever experienced in its history. There's a critical moment when it's the right time to catch the right wave. Mmm... Brother Shaw, you showed up at the right time. You and I both have seen some moves of God in our lives, but God's fixing to blow our mind. Oh, I feel that. I'm, that's not rhetoric. 
That's not pump you up stuff. I'm telling you, God's getting ready to do something big in this place. You see, when that wave begins to get steep and swell up, just before it begins, I love this, just begin before it begins to fall over in the shape C. Just think about that just a minute. The surfer's going to get under the sea. The church is about, about to get under the sea. What's the sea? It's Christ Jesus. Come on. He's about to set us on our feet, put us on a big wave, and cover us with his presence. Well, maybe that felt better to me than it did to you, but I'm telling you right now, I'm in a church that's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm in a church that's full of the presence of Christ. I'm in a church that will bring deliverance to drug addicts, bring deliverance to alcoholics, bring healing to cancer patients. Come on, set the captive free, open the prison doors to those that are bound. We're in that place. An experienced surfer knows which wave is the right one. And they'll wait until it comes along. Surfers will wait for and they'll dream about the perfect wave to catch that will give them the right of their life. Now, to bring all of this surfing talk to a spiritual level, to make an application for you today, let me say that there is a wave of a sovereign move of God in revival that is beginning to rise up from the deep and head toward the shore in this day that we live in. In this time, God is trying to tell this church and let us know that the last day breaker of the waves of the move of God are making their way toward the church of the living God. We've been placed here. You're not here by accident. You're not here just because you stumbled in the door. You've been placed here to catch a wave of a sovereign move of God. It won't be anything that any man can glory in, any flesh can glory in. Anybody can say, look what I've done. But when God is in control, we're out of control. It's in his hands. And he's about to usher us into something that's going to be the ride of our lives. Now the question begs to be asked. Will we catch this wave of revival and ride it all the way to the end? Or will we let it pass us on by? I'm preaching this morning about a foundation revival. In our scripture text from the book of Psalms, the psalmist asks the question, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice 
in thee. You have to understand where Israel was. It was during that time that the children of Israel were beginning to return from Babylonian captivity. It was a desperate time. The land was in utter waste. The temple had been unused for 70 years and had been destroyed. The brush and the rubble had piled up around the holy places of God. The psalmist said, if not for a move of God in revival, then all hope is lost. The condition of the land is just too bad. The condition of the people's hearts is just too corrupt. Wilt thou not revive us again, O God, that thy people may rejoice in thee? I'm coming today to tell you, you need to get your eyes off of what's going on around you. You need to get your mind off the condition of the world. Come on, somebody. You need to forget about what the condition of some churches are. I know there are those that have departed from the truth. Uh, the Bible said it would happen that in the last day there would be a falling away. But in the midst of all of that, I hear the voice of God saying, when my people get back to the foundation, I shall give them great revival. I shall move upon them with my mighty hand. It's very significant that when there is obviously an experience of revival in lives, that those who are revived, listen to me right here, do not talk about revival. They talk about Jesus. Let me, let me say it again. Where there is revival, it comes from people that are not talking about revival. They're talking about Jesus. Come on. Let me tell you about Jesus. If you come to the house of the Lord, Jesus is there. And where Jesus is, there's divine deliverance. Come on, somebody. Where Jesus is, there is a turning about of the lives of those that looked hopeless, that looked help. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about revival, foundation revival. When we get them in the presence of Jesus, not in the church, but in the presence of Jesus, something's about to happen. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Hey, ha! Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we heard, we heard a little something Friday night. The man of God said, when the yay, when the yay is escalated, it means 
you're agreeing more than ever before. The man of God said it starts down here. Yay. And then it goes to yay. And then it goes to yay. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God wants to escalate his blessing in your life. But he needs you to get in agreement with him. He needs you to get in agreement with the leading of his spirit. Come on, we're about to explode in this place. Clap your hands to him. I don't know if I'll get through all this or not. You you, you may see it for a minute. So, my definition of what revival is in its most simple, simple terms in us is God's people seeing Jesus again as he really is. Which in turn should cause other things to happen. We heard just the other night about four men that bore the man with palsy on the bed. They weren't looking at the palsy. They heard about Jesus. And they told the man with palsy, if we can just get you to Jesus, everything's going to be on. Come on. I don't know. I know you know broken families. I know you know hurting people. I know you know people that are lost. And I've come to tell you, if you'll just get them to Jesus. I said, if you'll just see Jesus as a deliverer. If you'll just see Jesus as a healer. If you'll just see Jesus as a savior. We're going to have revival. In doing much study about revival and revivals that have happened, I I believe the Lord gave me some insight and revelation into His ways for revival. I read to you First or Second Chronicles chapter seven and verses fourteen through sixteen. You know all of that. Who's back there? Windows at you? Give me Acts chapter two, Brother Boaz. I swear. Tyler, if these lights weren't so blinded, I could tell who was back there. Give me Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Watch this now. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. Somebody shout repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is what I teach and preach. 
and believe to be the way to God in passing from death to life. Watch this now. And just, just you got to hang with me for a few minutes here. Number one, first thing is, is there's recognition. The scripture said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And then there was a responding. Listen, it's not just enough to hear the word of God. The Bible said, don't be hearers only, but be ye doers. Come on. You can hear it all you want to, but you got to do something with it. I'm talking to the church that wants revival. I'm talking about the church that's waiting for the big wave. We got to start doing what God's word uh, tells us to do. And so there's a responding and said Peter unto them and the rest of the apostles. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And the next one is repentance. Listen to me. You can't be saved without repentance. And let me go a little further. You can't stay saved without repentance. Come on. Come on. Some of you self-righteous folks that feel like you're okay, your bishop rises on this Sunday to tell you, You better repent before you lay down your head tonight because you can't stay saved without a walk of repentance. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and then there is remission. And be baptized every one of you. Listen to me right here. If you've never done this, you need to do it before you walk out of this building this morning. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And after the remission of sins, there is a receiving. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you. And to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now watch this. After a receiving, there is a remaining. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men and every man had need. As every man had need and they continuing. Continuing. Somebody shout continuing. That means you don't just do it one time. And become satisfied that you've done it one time. But continuing daily with one accord uh, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now watch this. The last one is reproduction. Praising God 
and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. Holy Ghost trying to move up in here daily such as should be saved. Now I'm about to show you something. I read you 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. I'm going to show you the very same steps that the writer wrote to us in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 line up with Acts 2 and 36 through 38. Watch me here. You, you, would, you, would you be interested to know the same pattern applies to revival. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could figure out the elements that accompany revival? Wouldn't it be great if we could know God's ways in revival? Well, I believe we can. You ready? Revelation. If my people, which are called by my name, we are the people of the name. We have revelation. Of who Jesus really is. Come on, anybody know him? We see him as he is. When I'm sick, he's my healer. When I'm troubled, he's my peace. When I'm in the storm, he's my comfort. When I've lost direction, he's my navigator. Come on, somebody. When I need encouragement, the joy of the Lord is my... I know him, Pastor. I know who he is. I got a revelation. Come on, there's no storm that can drive me away. There's no trial that can keep me back because I know who Jesus is. And then recognition. If my people shall humble themselves. You see, listen to me right here. When I see him, the natural thing that happens is I recognize how little I am compared to God and I humble myself before him. And then there's a responding. And the, and the writer in Second Chronicles said, and pray, how do I respond to when I recognize him? I pray and seek his face. When I recognize him, when you recognize him, it causes you to respond to God in prayer and seeking his face. I'm talking about foundation revival here. It's not going to come any other way. There's no magic potion. There's no magic program. It's just going to take you and I getting back to the foundation of what it's going to take. And we got to recognize that the only way to get there is through Him. And the only way to get through Him is to seek His face. Come on, somebody praise Him. And then there's a repentance. Well, you know, Bishop, I'm in the church. Hear me right now. He's not talking to those outside of his people. 
He's talking to his people. Amen. And he says to them, when you pray and seek my face because you've recognized who I am, watch what he says, and turn from their wicked ways. You see, when I continue in the ways of God in revival, it brings a natural repentance. And then there's remission. He said, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. Make no mistake, don't let the devil lie to you this morning. When we repent, God will hear us and forgive us. And then there will be a receiving. He said, and will heal their land. We will receive the healing of our land that we need that comes from revival. You want to know what this world needs? It doesn't need another politician. It doesn't need another social program. It doesn't need another free handout, even though the grace of God is free. Come on, somebody. What this world needs is a revival. Let me just let you in on a little something. I'll get to it in a minute. Don't want to get ahead of myself too much here. But I want to tell you that revival is not for the world. Revival is for the church. Come on. And when we get this land healed, you better watch out. We're fixing to ride the wave into something so big. Come on, somebody, he's going to heal our land. When we recognize who he is and we seek his face, there's going to be a healing that happens. Let me hurry. I don't want to hold you too long, but i got to get this out of my spirit. After there is a receiving, there is a remaining. Now my eyes shall be open. And my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. You see, it's God's will that we would always be in revival mode. It's God's will that we never again get off of this wave of revival. Oh, God, you're not going to help me, are you? You see, after there is remaining, there is a reproduction. And mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. God wants this thing to be a thing that's reproduced over and over and over again. I'm talking about revival. In the time that I have remaining this morning... I want to take you to the book of Ezra. I want to tell you that God began a revival there. And I believe that God wants that same revival to happen in this place. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of visions and dreams about God moving us forward even out of this building, and I'm thankful for that. But I want to tell you something. This building would not be standing without a foundation. Come on. I'm talking about a physical one. 
and a spiritual one. You wouldn't want to be under all this steel if there wasn't a foundation underneath it. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be in a church. I don't want to be among a bunch of folk that are trying to have revival without a foundation. Come on. I want a foundation revival. I want the foundation to be stronger than it's ever been. Come on. One God, Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Come on, repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, holiness. Without such, no man shall seek. Come on. Do I have any apostolics that want a foundation revival? Jesus' name. Ezra chapter 9 and verse 8, very quickly. Now for a little space, grace hath been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, open your eyes. And give us a little reviving. In our bondage. For we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, <laughs> but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Ezra said, there's been a little space of grace. <laughs> I'm thankful for the space of grace this morning. He said, there's been a little space of grace given from the Lord our God that has allowed a remnant to get back to the promised land of our dwelling. Mm. He said he gave us a nail in his holy place. That is, he has given us a firm and sure abode. Come on. You can hang your salvation on it. I said you can hang your family on it. Come on, somebody. You can hang. It's a nail that's been put in a sure place. It won't move. It's going to be there. You can hang your relationships on it. Oh, I wish somebody help me. You can hang your children on it. Come on. You can hang the future of the church on it. Set a nail. Put a nail. <laughs> oh, God, you can always trust in the house of the Lord. Ezra goes on to say that he's given us light for our eyes and a reviving from our bondage. I'm so glad that God didn't forsake us during our bondage to the world. I'm so glad that when I left him, he didn't give up on me. Hello, somebody. Now I want to tell you, if you haven't began your relationship with him yet, he never gave up on you. The Bible said that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. They put nails in his hands. 
and a spear in his side and a crown of thorns on his head. And he didn't do it for him. He did it for you so that you can have a personal revival. You can have a move of God in your own life. I'm so glad that instead he extended mercy to us that we could have a reviving of our soul and repairing of the precious things of the Lord that have been broken, broken down and left in ruin. He's also given us a wall of protection around our lives. I see some interesting things from this revival here in Ezra. And uh, I'm going to try to get through them here. It's, listen to me. It is a call to leave familiar ground. Ooh, that got quiet. We must, if we hope to catch the wave of revival today, that God has for us, heed the call of leaving familiar ground. Zerubbabel understood that he had to first leave the land of Babylon and head back to Jerusalem if he wanted revival. It's the step of leaving familiar ground, of leaving religious, traditional surroundings and moving out into the unknown to accomplish what the Spirit of God might do. Now, I'm not giving anybody license to leave this church this morning. What I am doing is challenging you in the flesh to understand that you've got to push beyond familiar territory. You've got to push beyond what feels good to you, what feels comfortable to you. Oh, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, you've got to push out far enough in order to be able to catch the wave. But the only way to push out far enough is to get in over your head to where you're not in control and you've got to trust God that He's going to get you through it. I'm not boring you, am I? I want you to, I want you to know God, the people of God had, to become, had become satisfied. We're living in Babylon. Not everyone heeded the call to return to Jerusalem. Most of the people stayed behind. Watch this. Ezra chapter 1 and verse 3. Who is there among you all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. I want this church to hear me today. The first step was for them to leave the place that their family and friends had spent for a number of years in captivity and become quite comfortable there and take a 700 mile journey to Jerusalem. They left familiar ground because they had a vision to rebuild God's house. It tells us in Ezra that 
their spirits were stirred up as God moved in upon them. It refers to a sovereign move of God. It takes the stirring of the Holy Ghost to prepare people to move from the familiar, from the traditional, to a new level of spiritual activity. We're going to pray right now. We're going to pray. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to pray with me. I want you to ask God to move you out of the level of comfort. Come on. I want you to ask God to move you beyond what feels good to you right now. Oh, God. Come on. He's trying to take us to a place. Ah, we got to move out from where we are to where he wants us to be. Come on, you got to pray like you've never prayed. You got to worship like you've never worshiped. You got sacrifice like you've never sacrificed before. Come on. Come on. I want you to ask the Holy Ghost to stir you right now. Come on. I want you, some of you, some of you not even praying. I'm asking you right now do you want revival? Do you want a move of God for your family? Do you want a move of God for your city? Come on, I want you to ask God right now to stir up the Spirit. Stir up the Holy Ghost in you right now. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on, you can stand with me. I'm going to leave you with this. There is a call to build and strengthen the foundation. This is what Ezra said in Ezra 3 and 10. When they're getting ready... To rebuild what had been destroyed and torn apart, decimated. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord. After the ordinance of the David, king of Israel, they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good. For his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. Zerubbabel had the ability to make the laying of the foundation an exciting and emotional time. It was a time of celebration when the foundation was laid. Listen to me right here. When we began to build this building... We had all kinds of big machinery out here and cleared off this land that this sits on and leveled it out. Brought the backhoe out and they began to dig the foundation. Now, to most of you, it wasn't exciting to you. It, it, was, it just wasn't exciting to you. But I'm going to tell you the first shovel that I seen go in that ground, I realized and understood that's the birth of a revival. I told you, Pastor, I wasn't building this building for my generation. 
But I was building this building for generations to come. Come on, somebody. Come on. Foundation building is not exciting to most folks because everything's done underground where you can't see a lot of it. It's those prayers in the prayer closet when nobody sees you praying. It's the tears flowing when nobody sees you. Come on. I'm talking about a foundation revival. So this is what's going to happen today in this place. In times of revival, foundation building, it's absolutely necessary. It's a time when all the basic foundational stones need to be in place. Preparation for what God desires to do. It's the stone of who Jesus is. It's the stone of making Him Lord of your life. It's the stone of holy living. It's the stone of integrity. It's the stone of raising your family in the fear of the Lord. It's the stone of daily taking up your cross and following Him. If we are to catch the wave of revival, we need to strengthen the foundation. I'm going to ask you, if you count yourself a part of this body, or want to be a part of this body, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seats and come and stand around the altar right now. We're fixing to pray together as a church body. Come on, don't be afraid. If you're a visitor here, you're you're more than welcome to come. We want you to we want you to come today. We're getting ready to pray. Bishop, it's lunchtime. I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing more important than foundation. Foundation. Come on. I, I want you to begin to lift your hands right now and begin to let the Holy Ghost lead you and direct you in praying right now. Come on, I don't want you looking around. I don't want you listening to somebody else. I want you to pray right now. This is a personal thing. It's an individual thing before it's a collective thing. Come on, God. God, I want to be part of Foundation Revival. I want to be part of Foundation Revival. God, I want a move of your spirit that transforms our city. Come on. Come on. Come on. God, I want my priorities to be right. Come on. Pray, church. You got to get out of what feels comfortable today. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray for somebody close to you right now. I want you to pray for somebody close to you right now. Oh, God, help us together to build the foundation. God, to build the foundation. Don't let us miss what you're about to do, God. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, God's about to put you out there to that place where you're going to have to climb up on that surfboard to make your way back. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus going to ride this wave of revival we're going to ride this wave of revival it's going to be supernatural it's going to be something like we've never seen in the name of Jesus come on that's it that's it my God I feel the Holy Ghost right here get ready FPC it's coming it's coming waves of the supernatural waves of revival in the name of Jesus. Come on, the waves don't stop rolling.
I said the waves don't stop rolling. They just keep building. This is about to get bigger than us.